This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMD Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. So happy to be joined on the line today with John Badalino, co-host of the For the Love of Sundays podcast. Man, it is exciting. There are so many things going on. John, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, man. Ladies and gentlemen, hi, I'm John Badalino. I'm the host of the FTLS Sunday podcast with my friend Brian Strait. Uh, we have a website, ftlsundays.com. You can get on there and we have all of our rankings, all of our articles, all that stuff. Uh, I tell people all the time, we're just two dudes who love to talk about fantasy football. We've known each other since we were infants, and we've been hating each other ever since. So uh, we're the best friends, but the worst rivals. Yo. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, that's always Easily. the best, man. That's always yeah. the best. Yo, so every time, you know, we we play this game because we don't always get things right. You know what I mean? Like, now, we, Tell me about it. it. <laughs> I know. We put it out there, man, and we don't always get it right. Somebody surprises us or disappoints us every single week. So we kind of kick off with that, right? Like, like we kick off on a humble tip. Who surprised yep. you this week with their production? Who surprised me with their production? I'm going to have to say anytime someone puts up 245 all-purpose yards, they surprise me. I mean, Leonard Fournette, again. I mean, he he struggled the game before, so everyone was kind of off him. Everyone was kind of fading him. Look, Leonard Fournette is still that dude. They picked him to be that guy. He's supposed to be that guy in that offense. So, I mean, but again, 225 rushing yards and then 20, you know, air yards. That's that's a lot. So, yeah, that kind of surprised me. I expected him to have a bounce back game, but, I mean, this was a big boy game. That was a monster game. That so, was a huge game, man. I didn't expect that from him either. I have him in one of those leagues. He was yeah. killing it. He uh he 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 absolutely saved my hide in the uh, FTLS league. So I I owe him a I owe him an edible arrangement or something. I got to find out his address. Uh, the <laughs> other one too, I think Cortland Sutton, you know, surprised me. Cortland Sutton, I've been I was high on all off season because you know you saw traits in college that he was gonna be a touchdown machine. He was gonna kind of break out, be that big body, high point the ball while Emmanuel Sanders was gonna stretch the field. I mean, you got to be surprised by two touchdowns, though. I mean, he's just kind of on pace to do real, real good things in an offense that we were kind of low on in the first couple of weeks. So, yeah, I think Cortland Sutton was a positive surprise for me, for sure. I like that. Obviously, you know, you like to – I like calling my shots and then seeing it go in. That's always fun, too. So, oh, snap. Did you, call, did you call Cortland? I did. at the All offseason, I was saying, you know, he's super late. You got to go grab him. You know, he's a decent bench stash. You never know. That offense could be better than we think. And so far through four games, he's he's paying off. Yeah, he's doing well, man. Yo, um, so so how do we handle those guys moving forward? Is, is Cortland Sutton a guy who um, is somebody who's – was that a fluke or is that something we're going to see consistently from him? I think touchdowns – it's always hard to predict touchdowns. Touchdowns are fluky just by nature. You know, they're not – you know, not everyone is Devontae Adams who just gets targeted in the red zone like a freak. So I think that's a fluke that you'll see two touchdowns, but it's not a fluke that Cortland Sutton should be in your lineups every week. I mean, he is starting to emerge as a playable asset, wide receiver three with some upside for games like this where he does get in that end zone a couple of times. But yeah, I think that one, any, you know, two touchdowns is kind of fluky for a, a second year wide receiver in a Broncos offense that we don't all love. Uh, Fournette, though, that is not a fluke. I think Fournette is – that's the real deal. I mean, that's, again, like I said, that's who he was drafted to be. He was a high, high draft pick. That's who, you know, they want him to be in that offense. The Jaguars offense need him to be that guy. You know, Gardner Minshew mania has taken over, but they know that they need to rely on Leonard Fournette to win games. So 
you know, 225 might be a fluke because that's huge. But, you know, he's going to he's going to pick up steam again. He's going to be good. He wears defenses down and he'll rip off big runs as the game goes on. So if in the first half, Leonard Fournette only has seven fantasy points for you, don't panic, because in the second half, that's when he really will do his damage. Okay, okay. Now, um, and and I'm glad Fournette's finally getting off. I know he lost some weight, you know, in the mm-hmm. offseason. Um, you can see his second gear. Um, I mean, we saw that kind of gear from Nick Chubb too. Oh yes, Nick Chubb yeah. was a great one too. I'm, I'm, you know, Nick Chubb. I have a couple people on there as like little asterisks next to him. Nick Chubb's another one, man. I mean, people were talking about Nick Chubb in this offseason, saying, well, when Kareem Hunt comes back, Kareem Hunt might take that job. Kareem Hunt might split work. I don't know, man. Nick Chubb looks like an absolute stud right now. So I think Nick, I think Nick Chubb is kind of the real deal too. That's what you want to see. You want to see guys break off big runs. You want to see guys, you know, carry a big workload and and do well with it. Nick Chubb looked awesome the other day. He looked absolutely awesome. Yeah, he killed, man. All right. So if, if those guys surprise you with their, you know, great productivity, there are so many candidates up for who disappointed you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, who disappointed you this week? Oh, um, I mean, I hate to say it because I am from New England. So as a Patriots fan, Sony Michelle, man, I mean, he is just another one who is just disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. Because, look, it's not that he's not getting the work. It's not that he's, you know, not in positive game scripts because he is. I mean, the Patriots are dominating. They're rolling. They are just not, he just doesn't look good out there. He can't break a tackle. He has no sort of elusiveness to him. His game just looks off. And so, you know, someone that we saw in the postseason last year run like a wild man and everyone was all over him, it stinks to come out of the gate slow. I think Sony is still a good running back. I think Sony is still fine. But the other problem is New England doesn't commit to one guy. So for fantasy, it's really difficult. He's he's getting to the point now where you should be scared. I mean, I brought this up joking around, but I hope people remember Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence Maroney was a 21st overall pick. He was traded after his second year in New England. So if you don't perform, I don't know how long Sony's going to be in uh, in New England under Bill Belichick. Man, that sucks. That mm-hmm. sucks. Um, and I and I hate to see that for Sony. He seemed like it seemed like a good matchup. Well, no, it's a bad matchup, but it seemed like. <laughs> a good opportunity for him because they they seem to be featuring him a little bit in the beginning. Of course, yeah. I mean, look, that's what you... And they even said it going into it. All the beat reporters were saying how the the Patriots want to get him going. They want to feed him the rock. They want to slow the game down. And they tried, but he just can't get anything generating after first contact. And if you can't do that, especially in in real football and in fantasy football, I mean, that first guy is going to be in your face and within the first two, three yards. If you can't generate yards after contact you're not going to do much it's just kind of how it goes you know you look at alvin Kamara. alvin Kamara dodges every first every first tackle he is so slippery so elusive that's what makes him great not that he's hitting these huge home runs it's that people can't take him down sony's going down with the wind right now it's crazy <laughs> crazy <laughs> yo who else disappointed you this week man uh I, you gotta say nelson Aguilar. i mean look you weren't expecting much out of Nelson Aguilar because, you know, he was probably a waiver wire pickup. He was probably a late round guy. He was next to nothing. But in a game where there's no D-Jax, in a game where, you know, they they were throwing the ball around. I mean, other people scored. He had one target. I mean, that's bad. That's real bad. It's not like the game before he had a bunch of targets, a bunch of drops. I know there were people giving him a hard time, but he still had, you know, 11, 12 targets. He had one target this game. And so, yeah, that was... 
that's a big disappointment coming off of what was a good game. Seemed like another halfway decent matchup. You know, to get one target is a huge disappointment. That sucks. I felt like the presence of Elshon Jeffrey kind of, you know, phased him out, but it seemed like it should have helped him because you would think, yeah, you would think it would draw coverage. I mean, and look, and I, I said while I was watching the game, Jeffrey didn't look right. He did not look 100% at all, but he he was a gamer. I mean, the, he showed me a lot of intestinal fortitude that game where he, you know, showed up, still played. He was limping around in between plays. And I was like, damn, Alshon actually has some, you know, some toughness to him. So, yeah, but you would think I always say, you know, I look for the number two guy next to an opposite of stud. They tend to do all right. And, you know, Alshon, whether you believe it or not, is still a top end wide receiver. And so he should have pulled some coverage. But it just wasn't even looking his way. That's the problem. You don't even when you don't get targeted, you don't perform in fantasy. So that's what sucks. Yo, about so most. so when DJF comes back, do we just completely get rid of Aguilar? Like, are we done with him? Uh, I mean, they play a different position. Aguilar should be slide back into the slot and be the number three receiver. So the question is just how often is he going to get targeted? I, I just don't see him getting a lot of targets in that at that scenario. He'll be on the field. You know, he'll be out there sixty percent of the time. He'll run routes, but. I mean, if he's not going to get targeted with DJX out, he's certainly not going to get targeted with DJX back in. So, uh, I'd be, re- I would hang on to him on my bench for at least another week or two. But yeah, I'm, I'd probably get rid of him pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, if those two guys disappointed you, then then how do we handle those two moving forward? Well, we just talked about how to handle. Yeah, um, Aguilar. We know how to handle Aguilar, but what about the other guy? What do we do? Sony's tough. Uh, Sony's a tricky one because you probably invested highly in him. You're not just going to cut him. That's impossible. You're not going to cut the starting running back for New England Patriots. But I mean, if you can trade and get a you know a, a more legitimate piece, I think someone like Ronald Jones is really interesting. I mean, he's starting to emerge. He looked unbelievable last game. I mean, if if you're in a dynasty league or you're in some sort of uh, you know, keeper league and you can flip Sony for Rojo. And, you know, to be honest with you, people are probably still low on Ronald Jones. You could get so you get Rojo and a, and a pick um, for Sony. I would do that. I, I would really consider that. And then in redraft, I don't know, Sony, you just got to either ride him out and hope for his good games, or you're going to trade him at a huge discount. But, you know, at this point, I don't know how confident you are plugging them in, even as your RB two or your flex every week. So I guess you got to take what you can get with them. Bro, you you brought up a great point. Ronald Jones has looked amazing, right? Like he's he's been killing it. How long before this is his show, man? I think we're starting to see it. I think we're starting to see it soon. I mean, they wanted to they wanted to feature Peyton Barber, and they couldn't because he's only given you a yard at a time. And I think Bruce Arians is a smart enough guy to realize I'm going to give the more talented back the ball. Um, you know, Ronald Jones has his deficiencies. We all know that. I mean, no no running back is perfect. No running back is Saquon Barkley. But, I mean, he is electric. He is going to get out there and give you way more than Peyton Barber can give you. And in a, in a game where they put up 55 points, you kind of look and say, all right, maybe it was Ronald Jones who helped. So I think they're going to start to – you know, phase into the Ronald Jones era sooner rather than later. Yo, let's let's move on. So we just kind of reminisced and talk about talked about what happened in, in week four, right? Um yep. let's hop on to week five. Um let's start to help the people there. Who are some guaranteed producers in week five based on the matchup? I'm thinking 
I, you know, you, you sent me this question. And I had to really think about this. There's, there's some tough matchups next week in week five. Yeah. But I like Dalvin Cook against the Giants. I think he had a, you know, he had a rough game. He started off the first three on fire. Uh, week four, he came back to earth a little. But if there's ever a sign for a get right game, it's, you know, New York Giants. So I think they're going to handle business. They're going to get up early and just feed Dalvin Cook the rock. And Madison, too. I mean, they they both run well uh, when they're up points. So they're going to get up quick on the Giants, and I like Dalvin Cook a lot. I think the other one, too, Kyla Murray is another one against the Bengals. Um, that one's tough because I think Kyla's a rookie, and it's hard to always trust a rookie. You know, it's hard for me to say, yeah, yeah, put him in, no problem, because they still make rookie mistakes. You saw in the in, the first interception in Seattle, that was an that was an ugly throw, Kyler. That was bad. Um, but look, if you're going to torch anybody, it's probably the Bengals defense. So I think Kyler Murray, you know, we're going to find out about this Christian Kirk news. Christian Kirk is out. They have plenty of wide receiver weapons. I don't know if people remember Andy Isabella. Yep. Uh, but he's My another guy. one too. He'll, he'll slide right in. So yep. I think they're fine. I'm not super worried. I mean, Christian Kirk is obviously a hit to that offense, but um, I think they have plenty of pieces to make it work, and they throw the ball more than any other team in the league right now. So I like Kyler Murray a lot. Those are kind of the two that I would I would sort of fire up if I had them. They must trust those um, those young wideouts, man, because they got they got rid of Crabtree. Like, they mm-hmm. bought him in, then they got rid of him. They probably like Andy Isabella, um, Keyshawn Johnson. They probably, like, feel good about their wide receiving core. And that's exactly what I think it was. I think they brought Crabtree in as an emergency. You know, it, let's go through game one. And if these rookie wide receivers do look like rookie wide receivers, then, then you know, we have Crabtree to fall back on for a little bit of, of stability. But Keyshawn Johnson's looked great. You know, Andy Isabella has not been out there a ton, but I'm sure he's showing things in practice that is making the coaching staff believe in him. So, yeah, I like it. I like what, uh, you know, Arizona is still a couple pieces away from being a legit team. But that offense, man, is high flying. Exactly what we wanted. Exactly what we expected. So, yeah, I think what I feel I I can't believe I'm saying it. I feel comfortable with Kyler Murray. Uh, oh, okay. I, I never trust rookie quarterbacks. I never do. Yo, how are you feeling about um, David Johnson? Like, like he, he's kind of coming back to life a little bit. How are you feeling about that guy? It's it's interesting because, you know, they throw the ball a ton. So, you know, he gets the targets and it, compared to other running backs, you see those targets, you go, OK, that makes sense. But when you look at the percentage, the target share percentage, it's in the low teens. So, you know, David Johnson habitually was up in the 20s. He was always sort of the number two, number three option on that offense. He's not anymore. He's now the number four option. So mm. I think where David Johnson makes a lot of his hay was when he was claiming that he could be a thousand thousand guy. You know, I can rush a thousand. I can catch it that I can, you know, catch for a thousand. I don't know if they're not going to look to him just because that's Cliff Kingsbury's offense doesn't throw to the running back a ton. You know, he's fine. He's still David Johnson. He's still unbelievable. He's just going to be more of that middle tier RB one, low end RB one, not that the RB one, the overall number one on the year. So I'm still happy with them. I'm still confident with them and I like them, but uh, his ceiling definitely seems a little capped just because his target share percentage is not where you want it to be. You want it to be in that, you know, upper edge. Some of those top guys are in that, you know, in the high teens, low twenties, and he's kind of in those low teens. So um, luckily they throw the ball a ton. So that helps, but that's kind of, I like him. I still like him, but he's not breaking out the way I thought he would in this offense. So you like him, but you I don't do. I do. Him. I do. I would. I mean, if I had him, I'm not. I'm not sitting him. I'm not trading him. I'm not. I'm just. 
limiting my expectations for the overall okay. season value. That's all. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. I love it. Yo, um, so let's talk waiver wire targets, man. Um, let's go about four good waiver wire targets that people can grab or at least look to get in week mm-hmm. five. Waiver wire is tough for me. I always I always struggle with this because it's super subjective in your league, you know, who's who's out there, who's not out there. So I try and go to the FTLS and look at my waiver wire because, you know, I think we're pretty competitive. I think these guys know what they're doing. So so four names that jumped out to me that I saw on our waiver wire. Uh, first one was Geronimo Allison. I mean, Geronimo mm-hmm. Allison, look, if, if Devontae Adams is going to miss time and the reports is turf toe, that's two, three weeks. You know, that that's a huge amount of time for a way you can – plug a guy off waivers, and if he's out for three weeks, Geronimo Allison's an auto start for three weeks. So, I mean, that's what you want out of a waiver wire. You want to find guys who you can just put in your lineup, no problem. By week four, a lot of those sort of Darren Wallers, Mark Andrews, uh, those diamond in the rough guys are kind of gone. So you just need guys who are going to perform while there's an injury. I think Geronimo Allison's going to perform well while there's an injury. So I'm picking Geronimo right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to wait. Nope. Geronimo's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, listen, especially an injury. This is the thing. You know, the first, I tell everyone, the first two, three weeks, you try and find guys who emerge because you don't know the situation yet. But by week four, week five, we kind of know what the play callers want to do. We know what these teams want to do. So you got to just attack injuries on the waiver wire. That's the best way to do it. Um, and speaking of that, I, I think Daryl Williams is another one that I, I like too. You know, we, we saw Damian Williams, uh, you know, injured and out again. And Daryl Williams just, you know, anyone in that Kansas City offense is going to run well and look good. I mean, LaShawn McCoy looks great. Uh, but Daryl Williams, again, is another guy who's just sitting on waiver wires who seems like he's going to be a pretty good asset while Damian Williams is out. And even if Damian Williams comes back, I mean, I don't, I don't trust him to – you know, to take over a job or make it, it might make things muddier and it might make it a three headed monster. But Mm. I mean, if you can get, again, you can pick up a waiver wire guy and get three, you know, useful weeks out of him. That's, that's a win for me. So let's say you have like a hundred dollars in, in these free agent books, right. Um, and, and you want to kind of drop something, you know, on him, how much are you, are you putting up for him? Uh, it depends how bad you need wins. I mean, if you got a, if you need like a, you're in a win now type situation. You're you're one and three, right? I would <laughs> I would I would spend up a little extra because I think Geronimo Allison is gonna he could win you a week uh, easily. So Geronimo, I'd probably spend, I'd spend like twenty bucks, fifteen okay. twenty bucks in Geronimo and Daryl. I'm probably in the same neighborhood. I'm probably in that. It's also tough too because you got to understand, you know, what your team, what your league mates sort of spend if your league mates mm-hmm. spend money like pirates you might need to overspend uh okay. you know I, we're we are very frugal at the ftls we we keep <laughs> our money tight in our pockets so uh you can you can get away with you can get away with some murder i like i grabbed i grabbed dante pettis last week for three bucks so okay. yeah that was that was nice um <laughs> another one i think speaking of wide receivers preston williams is another guy who i like a lot everyone's sort of getting away from the Miami offense. And I don't blame you. You don't really want any piece of Miami right now, but Preston Williams is getting targets. I mean, he's having seven, eight, nine targets a game. You know, even if he only gets four receptions, five receptions, uh, he's looking good. I mean, it's, it's useful. That's useful stuff. And, and if, again, if he falls in the end zone, that's a big week for him. So you have five receptions and a score. 
it's hard to find that on the waiver wire. It's hard to find 65 yards and a touchdown. So I think Preston Williams is another one that I'm interested in. And the good thing about him is I think his role is only going to increase as the season goes on. His role is only going to get bigger. Uh, whereas some of these other guys, Geronimo, Daryl Williams, you know, you can see a world where injuries come back and these guys fall back into like, man, maybe I should put him back on the waiver. I think if you pick up Preston Williams, he's probably going to be on your roster the rest of the season, barring injury. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 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 You got one more for me? I do. And I do. Okay. And I don't like it. I, I don't like this last one, but I do. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy right. Graham This tight ends, man. The tight end market is abysmal. The tight end yeah. market. We all know it's, it's tough. But when, when again, Devonte Adams went out, Jimmy Graham started getting hyper-targeted in the short and intermediate range. So if he's going to get nine targets a game, yeah, I know he only had like two catches, three catches, something like that. But still, the odds are you're playing a percentage. If you're going to get targeted nine times by Aaron Rodgers, odds are you're going to have a pretty good fantasy week. So I like Jimmy Graham, and I, I had to throw a tight end in there because I know everyone's sort of foaming at the bit for a tight end because they are all tough. They are all rough right now. I uh I recently and Ben Watson actually I recently picked up Ben Watson. Uh, he's coming off suspension next week. He's a name to pay attention to. I know he's like a hundred years old, but uh, yeah, I thought it. He's a I tight end. Back. He's a tight end. He's a tight end in the Patriots offense, and uh, you know I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to even produce a sh- iota of what Rob Gronkowski produced. But look. It's worth a speculative ad. It's worth having on your bench and just seeing what happens. And if he comes out his first, second week back and does nothing, you just cut him. It doesn't matter. So, um, But he's just in the guy coming off suspension in a tight end market that's really crappy. Uh, he's he's someone to definitely keep an eye on. Oh, I got something for you just real quick. You ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. This is just extra. This is crazy. I ain't even asked it before. All right. If you're adding Ben, would you cut Jack Doyle? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, he, yes. Yeah, I probably would because, because Jack Doyle is always going to be in that sort of committee with Eric Ebron and Mo Ali Cox. And, you know, he's going to be a little bit more unpredictable. Whereas if Ben Watson does emerge as the number one tight end in that offense, you're going to plug them in every week. And it's, it's, so that's kind of where I'm at. I think that Jack Doyle will have bigger games for sure, but you just don't know when those games are going to come. You know, it's going to be difficult. Whereas if Ben Watson starts to emerge and becomes an integral piece of this Patriots offense, there's no other tight ends there. It's going to be Ben Watson. So uh, I think you're definitely playing that whole uh, ceiling versus floor game, but in the tight end position, I think you just, unless you have one of the big names, you just look for floor. You just look for targets. Like, give me, give me a guy who's gonna, who's not gonna goose me. I want someone who's gonna give me at least a couple points. Don't goose me, baby. Don't goose me. <laughs> the worst. Nothing worse than getting a zero on the board. It's the worst. See Ugh. the facts. Yo, um, hey, we're gonna take a small break, man. You've been hanging out um with Rick Sincere and John Badalino, um, co-host of For the Love of Sunday's podcast, man. We've been getting so much great information. When we come back, y'all know what it is. We're gonna go ahead and drop into Trey Wins, and then after that, our signature game, Trust Fall, and then we'll be out, man. So hey, we'll be right back. I'm Teresa Hampton. You're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. All right, we're back. <laughs> Perfect. 
Yo, um, let's go ahead and hop in, man. So, Trey wins um, is just basically this, right? I gave you three names. You have the names already, right? Sure. So, I'll give you those three names. Um, and then I just basically um, ask you, would you look to trade them or would you not be looking to trade them based on the situation you're in, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're either on them, right, or mm-hmm. they're on somebody else's team. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. So, you own the Chicago defense. I would right? keep them. Yeah, I would keep them. I mean, a defense thing about a defense is they're not going to fetch much in the tr- in the trading market. Um, but I mean, I guess if you could if you could trade a defense for someone's really struggling, they have a defense on buy and you could get a decent bench stash. You know, you could get an Anthony Miller. You could get a Dante Pettis. You could get not that I would I don't even think that would ever happen. But if you could, I would do it. But realistically, you just want to hang on to that defense because. I don't know what you're going to get in the open market and they're playing pretty good. So I would, I'd hang on to them. They're fine. It's a defense. Okay. Okay. All right. So man, this has been so disappointing, right? (laughs) But, um, but Adam Thielen, he's not on your team. He's on somebody else's team. And right now he's the buy low candidate of the year. He is. Would you look to trade for Adam Thielen? It's it's so funny you say this. I was I was talking to somebody about trying to trade for Stefan Diggs last week uh, for the same reason, real buy low candidate. Yeah, I, I think you do try and trade for Adam Thielen because you can get him for for nothing right now. He just laid up another stinker um, in a game where we saw <laughs> Diggs put up where we saw Diggs put up some numbers. So. Uh, I think people are getting frustrated with Adam Thielen, and I would definitely put the feelers out there and see what happens. This team right now is only throwing the ball 38% of the time. That's not going to continue. That, it, the league average is 55. So, you know, even if that rises up to 48% of the time, that's 10% more targets. I mean, that's it's going to go up. There are better days for Adam Thielen. I don't think he's, he's, a, he's a great route runner. He's a good tactician. I, I think he's fine. That team has just had some cakewalk games to begin, and Dalvin Cook is, like I said, was came out of the gates on fire. Um, I would trade for Adam Thielen. I'm, I'm like hesitant to do it, but uh, I think if you can get him for cheap enough, which right now you probably can, uh, I would certainly do it because he has, you know, he'll have a, he'll have better days to come for sure. Love it. Okay, cool. So, I mean, now you own Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And somebody wants to give you. Something for Leonard Fournette, right? Yep. Are you willing to take it or no? Uh, I think no. I think right now no, because what we saw yesterday was, you know, the team, this is what the team needs. This is what the team wants. They want to lean on Leonard Fournette. They want it to be, uh, you know, sort of run through him. And right now people are going to try and vulture you for cheap off of Leonard Fournette, whereas I still am in the camp where he is an RB1 Uh, So people, I think, will be offering you stuff like, you know, a low, you know, Joe Mixon and some of these other guys who I'm not James Conner, who I'm not so even Sony Michelle. I've seen some crazy people trying to steal Leonard Fournette for Sony and a pick and stuff like that. And it's I'm still in the in the firm believer that Fournette is a top 10 guy. So uh, I would have trouble trading him away if I owned him. I, I just. I I believe in him a lot. I really like him. Dynasty, it's different. You know, obviously you get into Dynasty and stuff like that. But I don't know. I have Leonard Fournette on my team, and I'm sitting pat. I'm not moving him. 
Curveball. Look, I'm I'm a cool dude though, man. I really like you. So I'm gonna hook, I'm gonna offer you Keenan Allen and Wayne Goldman Jr. for Linda Fournette. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Now now wow, now you're making me think. Two for ones I always sort of consider uh a little differently because you're really upgrading another piece too. You're upgrading two of your pieces. So uh you get a downgrade with you get a downgrade at Leonard Fournette at, at running backs. You got Gallman, but Gallman's going to be good for the next six to eight weeks because you got the Barkley injury. Yep. I would, oh man, Keenan Allen. I think is on is is going to be is is going to be a madman. Melvin Gordon coming back does scare me. The target share is going to go down a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but. Yeah, I'd probably would do it. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, I'd probably do it. Man, that was man, that was like that like literally got my heart pounding. Like I, because I had that was a real scenario. I have Fournette. I was like, oh man, am I giving him up right now? Oh man. All right. Yeah, that was that was that's close. That is about as close as it'll get. But I, I would probably do that. I would probably do that. I, I also have a soft spot for Keenan Allen. I love that guy. Yeah, I love too. him. He's my fees. He's my guy. I love him. Talk to me, man. All right. Cool. 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 All right. Now, um. So we, we just got that out the way, man. That was good. A good trade wins. I love that one. Now let's hop into trust fall. So this is how trust fall goes. I name a guy and his situation, and you tell me how you would handle him going into the next week, right? You either go um, don't start, which is a red light, start with caution, yellow light, or start with confidence, green light. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right, cool. So here we go. First guy up, um, Austin Eckler has been killing it, right? He's going up against Denver next week. It's in a non-PPR. You're in a non-PPR, right? Um, 10-team league. But Melvin Gordon's back. How yeah. are you handling Austin Eckler? That's a tough one. The non-PPR actually changes it a lot. Um, I would, if it was PPR, I probably would have put him at like a yellow. But non-PPR, I think I'm going to have to sit him because I, I think they're going to want to get Melvin Gordon involved they're going to want to get Melvin Gordon going. We just saw Leonard Fournette gash the Broncos. Uh, if if Melvin Gordon gets going, you know, they might try and just, you know, go away from Eckler. Not that they're going to go away from Eckler, but they're going to try and, uh, you know, feature Gordon a lot more. I, I don't know. That makes me nervous. I, you might be you might be wanting to blow this red light and just drive right through <laughs> and start him anyway. But uh, I would be I would be a lot more hesitant trying to start Austin Eckler. I just don't know what that backfield's going to look like. And again, in in fantasy, you're playing a game of percentages and a game of odds. And if you don't know what that target share, what that volume is going to look like with Melvin Gordon back, in a 10-team league, odds are you probably have someone better sitting around. You know, it's not like it's a you know, 14 or 16-team league. You probably got Austin Eckler relatively cheap and and you can plug in someone else. So, Awesome, awesome. Okay, okay, here we go. Next one. Um, Jared Cook has sucked this year. <laughs> um, just playing it simple. So, <laughs> yep. um, in over the season, man, he has eight catches for ninety total yards, bro. Like that's his season. Not it's not a game. That's like his season. <laughs> not the game. Right? Not the game. <laughs> not a game. Not a game. I talk about practice. <laughs> yeah, that's not not the game. Yeah, it's not good. It, uh, yeah, Jared Cook. It's bad. Man. But it's next bad. week, next week he plays Tampa. Right, you saw. What happened this week with Tampa Bay and how many points they gave up defensively, right? They're in New Orleans. You're in the PPR. It's a 12-team league. How are you handling Jared Cook? Yellow light, red light, green light? I'm, 
I'm green light Jared Cook. I'm going to green light him because, again, the tight end market's tough. The tight end market's hard to come by. And we just watched him get – He, I watched the game last night, and he, he got a few targets uh, against the Cowboys, started showing a little bit of life. Again, they were looking at him in that short intermediate range, which is where he's uh, good. He's never going to be that, you know, downfield threat like a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. But, you know, again, if he can suck up seven, eight targets uh, and, and get you – 50 yards in a game which isn't isn't amazing but in the tight end market the way it is i think that's good and then again you factor in the fact that he's going against tampa and he could has a good chance of falling in the end zone i'll take my i'll take my shot i'll take my shot with jared cook just don't goose me baby no just don't goose me baby that's all (laughs) don't goose me baby uh and and that's the thing tight ends that's kind of what you got to that's in the realm of possibility with a lot of tight yeah. ends. You know, I mean, I streamed Vernon Davis this week because uh, I had George Kittle on by. He almost gave me the goose. Uh, I feel like a one <laughs> is almost as bad as a zero because yeah. it's like, man, you, one point doesn't really help my team either. What are you doing? So, uh, uh, yeah, Vernon dude, Davis. I mean, that, one. That's it. But that's but that's sad. But that's what the tight end market is right now. If you don't have one of those top five, six guys, you're really playing with fire. Man, I'm I'm almost thinking of changing my draft strategy next year where I'm shooting for a tight end, a high-end tight end, maybe round two. You know what I mean? And if he's good enough, maybe round one. I mean, it sounds blasphemous, but it seems like you have to change your strategy if there's only going to be like five of them. Not at all. Listen, it's I'm so glad you brought it up. It, it's not a blasphemous strategy at all. Me and Brian talked about it a lot, how Travis Kelsey warrants a first-round pick just because of the positional yeah. advantage you get. Just the advantage, you you plug him in your tight end, you're going to win that tight end advantage every single week. And then you come back around in round two, you grab Dalvin Cook. Round three, you grab Leonard Fournette, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you can find running backs. Look at Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's yep. week four. Wayne Gallman's starting. Nobody drafted Wayne Gallman. So, you know, injuries happen at running back. Injuries happen at all positions. But, you know, I, I think that investing in a tight end, especially a, a, a Kelsey-type guy, in the first round is not crazy at all. I don't think it's crazy at all. I, I actually am kicking myself for not doing that this year a lot more. Uh, you know, I kind of, I got lucky. I grabbed Mark Andrews in a couple leagues and I grabbed Darren Waller in a couple leagues. I went for that late round tight end guy. But again, those could just as easily become bums as well as they, they hit. I got lucky that they hit, yep. but you know, those guys could fade off into nothing soon too. And all of a sudden you're playing the waiver wire game with, Vernon Davis again. So I think that, Bro. you know, Kelsey is a Kelsey is doesn't is not crazy to think that he should be a first round pick as long as he's healthy. Man, I thought I was outsmarting everybody. Um, <laughs> I saw TJ Hawkinson. I, I went ahead and grabbed him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people who listen to the show, they know my wolves with TJ, man. Like they know what's up. I, yeah. I, and then he tried to jump over somebody this week and, and, oh and got goodness. the kibosh. I saw that. Yeah, he's but this is the thing I will say about Hawk, which I like a lot. Even in the the routes he's not getting targeted in, he looks strong and he looks yep. good. And for a young guy to to kind of stand out in a crowd in the NFL, that's impressive. So I think you you know, TJ Hawkinson, it's hard. You know, tight ends usually take a couple years to emerge because it's a very physical position. You're not just pass catching. You don't just need to be fast. You also need to shed blocks. And these guys are you know, 350 pounds bearing down on you. So, you know, when you're a 22, 23 year old kid and you got some grown man running at you, it's yep. hard to shed that block, but he has looked like he, he can. So 
I think Hawk is is a good one. And he's got he's got days to come. So, um, yeah, rookie tight ends are always you'll have your ups and downs. But I mean, you saw the ups in week one, and you know you'll see the downs. They'll come. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing them downs. Like. <laughs> yeah, lots of downs. <laughs> Wow. Yo, okay, here we go. Uh, we have another young guy, man. We have um, on this one is Kyle Allen, mm-hmm. right? He kind of came back to earth a little bit this week. Still had a highlight though. He yes, kind of watched his footwork. Yeah, like he had a, had a highlight, and I love that. Right? Nobody expected him to do that against JJ Watt at all. But this week he has Jacksonville, right? Um, if you're in a 12 team league, super flex type situation, right? With Kyle Allen, he's not your guy, but maybe he's your second guy, right? Um, how are you handling him this week? Yellow light. I'm putting him in. A lot of it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say green light. It all actually, it it depends on Jalen Ramsey a lot, but not a lot, but it depends on Jalen Ramsey. If Jalen Ramsey doesn't play, I mean, we watched that defense totally change when Jalen Ramsey isn't out there. So, um, you know, if Joe Flacco can go out there and have a, a halfway decent game, I think Kyle Allen can go out there and have a halfway decent game. And in a super flex that's all you're looking for. I mean, you're assuming this guy's not going to be, he's not your starter. You, you grabbed him off waivers. Um, so yeah, I would, I would feel comfortable in a super flex. I'd green light him. Um, but again, if it's if Jalen Ramsey's out there, that's more like a yellow light, but I'm, I'm speeding up to get through that yellow light. And that was my pause really. And in, in the pause, I'm like, should I say there's going to be Jalen Ramsey? Or should I say <laughs> there'll be no Jalen Ramsey? Because yeah. it matters, bro. Of course it does. Of course it does. I mean, listen, he's a top, five corner top three corner in the league i mean that matters and again you know we see it in the patriots offense right now when you can shut down a whole side of a field like with stefan gilmore you can just then focus on the other side of the field it's it's you then start pushing your safeties over your whole pressure over on the on the other side and then it makes you it's a nightmare for it's a nightmare for your uh for your quarterback so uh yeah i think jalen ramsey out makes it a big difference but I would still probably it's super flex. I'd still probably play him if Jalen Ramsey's out. I might play him even in a in a single quarterback league. So um, that's kind of how I feel about Kyle Allen. I, I like it, and I like the pieces where Christian McCaffrey's a stud, DJ Moore's a stud, Curtis Samuel's a stud, Greg Olson's still doing his thing at a hundred years old too. So uh, you know I, he has the pieces around him to do well. All right, now here we go. Stephon Diggs finally came untracked this week, right? Seven catches, 108 yards, man. You have him this week against the Giants, 10-team PPR league. What are you doing with Stephon Diggs? How are you handling him? Red light, yellow light, green light. I I was saying earlier in the show how I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a get-right game. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook's going to kind of dominate this game. But mm-hmm. if you own Stephon Diggs, you still got to play him. I, I think, you know— if you're benching Stephon Diggs, if you you know, I, I've heard horror stories of people benching Mike Evans the week he had three touchdowns. When you start Ooh. doing stuff like that, I yeah. mean, you get you're getting a little too cute for my liking. You know, <laughs> that, that's just just you know, you're asking for fire. I I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story. I did this a couple of years ago. Uh, I had Sammy Watkins on my team. I was getting frustrated with Sammy Watkins. You know, he's mm. putting up a couple eggs in a row, nothing. And so this is Rashad Higgins on the waivers, rookie Rashad Higgins, just came off a big game. So I said, you know what? I'm going to grab Rashad Higgins off waivers. I'm going to throw him in there, and I'm going to take Sammy Watkins out. Uh-huh. Sammy Watkins went off for three touchdowns and 127 yards that game. And I was Man. like, of course he did. of Because co- that's what happens. So sometimes these studs and these superstars, they will have bad games, but they will have those blow-up games, whereas those other guys, you know, these waiver-wire guys, it's hard for those guys to have – 
monster games. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you're if you're taking digs out for anybody, it's just you're, you're getting a little too cute. Now you might not be as totally pumped with Stephon Diggs, but can you live with yourself if Stephon Diggs is on your bench and he has 116 and two touchdowns? Like I, I couldn't. Nah. I um, couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> and that's in the realm of possibility against this giant secondary. The giant secondary is not – they're beatable. So, you know, he has two scores against these giant secondary or he has 115, 120 yards and he's on your bench. You're going to be – you're going to be kicking yourself. Yep. Yo, um, Adam Thielen came out and said, hey, man, at some point we got to be able to throw the ball. I saw Did you that. see that? Yo, I like, that. I don't know <laughs> – they, I think bad they do, to say. Though, but look, we said thirty-eight percent of the time they're throwing the ball. That's that's that is unheard of. That is like nineteen yeah. sixties football. That is that's <laughs> crazy. So you know, unless unless they're starting to trot some of these old school playbooks back out, I think they will eventually start to throw the ball again. Um, like I said, they had some they had some you know easy games at the beginning of the year, and, and Dalvin Cook ran like a man on fire, but. I think those throws will come back, even if it balances out to an even 50-50, which is not really even in the NFL. Really, it's 55-45, most teams. Uh, but even if it gets back to 50-50, you'll see Thielen and Diggs, you know, get their get their targets back up. Love it, man. All right, cool. So here, in this last one, I got three for you, right? Okay. Um, but you get to pick the color. So I'm going to give you three different colors. Okay. There's a different scenario behind each color. Okay. Right? Um, but we're only going to do one of them. So I'll give you three different colors. You pick the color and I'll give you a scenario. Ready? Yep. All right. Silver, orange, or white? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go silver. Okay. Yeah. Darren Waller. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Darren Waller. <laughs> I was hoping it's I was going to get. What'd you say? I was hoping it was going to be a Raider because in my mind, I, saw, I, I was thinking silver and black because I was thinking right. Raider. This yep. might might be going Raiders with this one. All right, cool. I'm going Raiders with this one. Darren Waller versus Chicago in a 10-team PPR, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like seven catches, 57 yards. You know how he's been doing business. That's how he's been handling it. But now it's going against Chicago, and you know how Chicago has been getting down. They've been shutting down, like, high guys. So in this case, how do you handle Darren Waller? Red light, yellow light, green light. I'm I'm still going to green light him just because, again, the tight end market. Uh, you know, you got a guy who's just soaking up targets. He's an absolute target hog. He's not going to, you know, again, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle. He's not going to break off a 70-yard a reception. It's just not in his M.O., but he's also not going to give you a zero. So, uh, you know, if facts. he goes out there and has six, seven catches for 52 yards, I don't know. You're all right with that. Like, I, I'm okay. I, that that's not going to kill me. So I can still win that week in my other positions. If I plug Darren Waller in, then I start getting aggressive with maybe my running backs. I start shooting for upside with my flex. I shoot for upside with my wide receivers um, because I know I I solidified a little bit of that, you know, tight end sort of stability. So that's kind of how I would play it. If I had Waller, I plug him in at tight end. I say, okay, I'm kind of guaranteeing myself, you know, seven, eight, nine targets. Now let me shoot for like a, a John Ross in my wide receiver Thing. Let me shoot for upside. Let me get Marquise Brown. Give me someone who mm-hmm. could absolutely blow a game open. Um, so that's probably yeah. I'd, I'd green light him again. Tight ends are tough. Uh, you just want to look for guys who can who get targets. And right now, Waller's getting targets. Talk to me, man. Yo, so behind that white door was Lashawn McCoy. Um, I couldn't I couldn't pick a, a color that would give it away. Um, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't pick red or I couldn't pick yellow. Um, yeah, but. Plus- 
um, in behind the orange door with Cortland Sutton. Oh my guy, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yo, man, thank you so much for joining us, bro. You've been amazing, man. Talk to the people and tell them where they can find your content, where they can get in contact with you via social media, and how they can get a, a hold to all the stuff you're putting out. So you can find me on Twitter at FTLS underscore J Bats. You can pester Brian on Twitter too at FTL Sundays. Uh, just give him a load of crap. It's always fun. Uh, and you can find our website, www.ftlsundays.com. Uh, we have our rankings. Brian is on the uh, pro football focus, uh, does all that stuff. He does the fantasy pros ranking. So Brian is really the brains of the operation. He's super smart. Uh, you know, his rankings are great. We have our own rating system, a little proprietary thing going on. And then, you know, I write articles every once in a while. I try and be funny. So uh, and the podcast as well, it's on everything possible. Um, you just look up FTL uh, Sunday or, or for the love of Sunday's podcast and you'll find it. I think we're. Nope, not gonna try to dislocate my shoulder, pat myself on the back. But I think if you just search fantasy football, we're in the top ten. So uh, you can Love just it. find us. It's real easy to find us. Um, subscribe rate goes a long way. It helps us out. As you know, uh, all this independent podcasting stuff is all about uh, just getting the platform. So thank you. I appreciate you for 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 giving me this opportunity. This was tons of fun. Man, my absolute pleasure, bro. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, look, if you're out there and you're listening, man, definitely go ahead and follow him on uh, on Twitter, man, and go ahead and get a hold to that content. If you're loving what you're hearing from us, go ahead and drop us a five-star rating. Like he said, it helps, man. It helps a ton. Helps a ton. Look, More we're only people here. Know. Yeah, they don't know. They but don't. look, it, it's hard look, in the streets. It's hard out it's here. tough, man. It's tough out here. <laughs> Yo, we're only here to make sure that you suck less at fantasy. And that's the mission. <laughs> that's the mission and the goal on a weekly basis, yo. They have safety in a multitude of councils. So every week we do our best to bring some of the best minds in fantasy football here to help you be better on a week-to-week basis. All right, this is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports signing out. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Double, and you are tuned in to MTNV Sports. You heard? Hello, my name is Venora Lewis, also known as Nora Natish, and I am the host of The V Report. Each week, you will get a report from me about what is happening in the world of sports. Once a month, I will bring you an interview done by myself with someone associated to the world of sports, whether that be an athlete, trainer, writer, agent, or etc. The interviews will be exciting and informative. So keep a lookout for more information on my social media pages. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nora underscore Natish. You can also find my segment on the MTMV Sports Podcast.